0: South Carolina, Kentucky week, and who better to join us on this week than a man who found a way to rile up the Gamecocks fan base over the summer. Here we are, the week of the game. Our good friend, friend of the show, Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. One of the best in the business. does a fantastic job in covering the Kentucky Wildcats. Nick, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It's great to chat with you once again. How are things?
2: It's it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I, I thought Kentucky might be in a different position. Uh, at this point in the season, but the offense hasn't quite been what we thought. Uh, but there's still a little little meat on the bone. Two big games for the Cats to end of the year. They go to Louisville, who is all of a sudden a top 10 team in year one under Jeff Rom, and then a big game on the road at South Carolina where they could not only finish 500 in SEC play, which has become kind of the the standard uh, of, a, of a pretty damn good season that you don't get too often in Lexington, but also you can play spoiler. You know, there's a chance to, uh, Mark Stoops, he said there's not, uh, he doesn't have anything, there's no beef between him and Shane Beamer. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I find that hard to believe. So, I I think him and everybody over there would love to play spoiler and keep Shane Beamer and co. out of the postseason.
0: Nick, I want to get into that more in just a second. But let's let's look at the Kentucky season to this point, because it really, to your point, Nick, has been fascinating. Kentucky starts out red hot, takes advantage of the non-conference schedule early, maybe a softer front half. Wins their first five games, gets to 5 0, 2 0. It was really punctuated by that 33 14 win over the Florida Gators to get to 5 0. Ray Davis goes wild, sets up the matchup with Georgia and Athens. Since then, the Dogs dispose of Kentucky, which, you know, listen, nobody's going to, uh, you know, hold it against you for losing to Georgia, right? Look what just happened to Ole Miss. But Kentucky now has lost four of their last five. You mentioned, I'm not sure that Devin Leary, has been quite the player that we have expected what's gone so wrong with the cats over the last five weeks has it been leary has it been the offense you know the passing defense has been an issue but like it's been a tale of two seasons what has it been for kentucky that's hindered them to this point feels like every time they fix
2: something there's another leak in the dam and mark Stoops is just chevy chase trying to plug all the holes because you didn't expect this Kentucky football team to be able to run the football. And you look up and Ray Davis is leading the SEC and rushing. Uh, Then the passing game, they start to figure things out and then they can't run the football anymore. So then the passing game, uh, it's not quite as potent when it's third and five versus third and 11, right? Like when you get off schedule, you get behind the chains. That's been the problem offensively. They've been still been slightly better. But the problem is defensively, They've really struggled as of late, uh, particularly against the pass. And when the defense has finally been able to get stops, the offense hasn't timely responded, right? Uh, You you get a big stop against Alabama, here's your opportunity to go down, score, stop the bleeding, rebuild a little momentum. It feels like every time this Kentucky defense does something good, the offense refuses to capitalize. That's really the biggest issue. And then uh, I I think early on what really – punched kentucky fans in the gut the first time this team got tested it where it was really a, a tight-knit game they're at 14 and nothing against missouri fake punt they throw a 39-yard bomb the same play that beamer tried with kai kroger a couple weeks ago against jack state it's a horrible play it's a terrible idea it's it's it, the way that it unfolded for south carolina is the way that it should unfold 99 of the time but the one time it worked kentucky was in punt safe and the dude got mossed on, on a perfect pass from the punter, and it let the air out of the balloon. And they didn't really show their resolve. And I, I think that's the part that gives you some big picture questions is how they've been able to handle adversity when the pass defense is getting gashed. You're not, you, you don't really see the defense doing a good job of stopping the bleeding. Now, they did that at Mississippi State, where they gave up a 20 play drive and held him to a field goal. Uh, but Mississippi State, they, they stink. They just fired their coach for a reason, right? So I, I, I'm not sure how this team, uh, right now they're two and two in their toss up 50 50 games that you kind of consider that going into the year. They've got two left. And I, the only time we've seen them playing close games in the fourth quarter, they either couldn't get a stop and get off the field because they can't pressure the quarterback and they give a big place, or, or, or the offense just refused to show up like, uh, I mean hell, I guess it was stops in both Tennessee and Missouri, but how will they react in a raucous Williams Bryce Stadium if it's a fourth quarter down there at Columbia? I don't know. I really I
1: really don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
0: And Nick, I, I, on a side note, I have to commend you guys because there's been some excruciating losses for Kentucky this season. You mentioned that Mizzou game where Kentucky's in control of the football game. Missouri comes all the way back, and let's give credit to Mizzou. They're a fantastic team this year. I think Eli Drinkwitz honestly should be SEC coach of the year. But uh, on that note, I've seen you guys a lot on the timeline doing your post-game shows outside of the stadium, and I commend you because, listen, I felt it this year myself. It's not easy to do a post-game show and talk about a football team that stinks. I get that. Trust me. So <laughs> wanted to give you guys some credit. I think Thank the you. last Thank video you. what you say was like, well, it's another loss. That's it. That's the whole video. We're done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Um, again, you lose forty nine to twenty one to Alabama in your last game, though. But again, I talked about Devin Leary. What's changed for him? Because you look at the numbers, and I mean, they're respectable, right? I think it's nineteen touchdowns, eight interceptions just over 2,000 yards. Again, he got off to a really slow start. I think the thing yeah. that did make a lot of sense was, and, you know, he had some high passing yardage numbers, but it just, it was surprising against lesser competition that he wasn't shining more. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's improved in his game the last couple of weeks that you feel like has come along? Is there anything that you look at a matchup like this and you feel like he's ready to play his best football over the next two weeks? Well, I, where you saw him at his
2: best is, it, it's such a I, I mean, I'm i am hating myself so much for saying this because it's very much a Mark Stoops answer. A lot of it really is the guys around him playing better. Um, the receivers that you had, we had such high expectations for here uh, in the Big Blue Nation, Dane Key and Barry on Brown. Dane Key got off to a very slow start and he kind of picked that up in October. And that really helped. He had a career high receiving yards. I, think, I want to say seven catches for 108 yards against Tennessee, um, and that was Leary's best performance date. And he also got a he got a lot of protection in that game. The problems I think a lot happened is he he is a pr- deceptively slippery back there in the pocket, um, and and William Cohen I think has adjusted the way he's calling plays to give him more half field reads to kind of make things simpler on him to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Um, but when he is entirely under pressure it's hard to create those explosive plays it's hard to create those explosive play action plays when you can't run the football and i i I think ray davis had more rushing yards against florida than he's had in the last month of the season so uh they've got to figure out a way to run the football to help leary because i i think that some of the limitations that were covered up playing more tempo in the spread um you're seeing now when he's Going under center, sometimes there's a lot of passes that are batted down at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and w- one thing, too, that uh, you might want to keep an eye on, if Kentucky gets an explosive play or if they, they get a first down, you're probably going to see him go tempo the next play right after that to to build some momentum and be efficient on first down because that's really where this offense has just not been very good. It's it's just efficiency on first down. A lot of their drive killers are incomplete passes because they're trying to take shots on first down or just getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage by handing the ball at the RD1.
0: Now, Nick, looking ahead to this weekend, when you look at the South Carolina side of things and look at the Gamecocks as a whole, your overall perception of them as a football team, as I just told you, obviously it's been a rocky year, right? Sitting four Mm -hmm. and six with two to play bowl. Eligibility is on the line this weekend and next weekend for South Carolina. Um, Based off your perception of what South Carolina was when you and I spoke over the summer, have you been surprised? Have they been what you've expected? Obviously, Spencer Rattler's taking the league by storm. Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver, has been a massive surprise. The defense has been atrocious. Your overall thoughts on what you've seen from Shane Beamer and Gamecocks football in year three of his tenure. And also, of course, I know you've seen from far Shane Beamer making headlines, it feels like, Every, Every single week. Thankfully, over the last like week or week and a half, there hasn't been anything. Which little I doubt a the longest. I think it's <laughs> the longest. I think we've gone without some sort of headline comment from a chain gang and hot dogs to miserable existence comments to you name it. Man, it's been all over the Pick place. A
2: Gatorade cooler. You need to have Gatorade, a chalkboard behind you. Yes. Yeah. I like Seven school. days since our last Beamer presser. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so from an
0: outside perspective, like, what's been your thoughts on what the South Carolina football season has been at this point? It, it It's a lot of it is
2: what I expected. Um, I, I'm going to catch that under six and a half win, uh, total, uh, ticket from the beginning of the year. And it, a lot of it comes down to that offensive line just being as bad as we expected. And we saw it in North Carolina, North Carolina's defense, not good. Um, but they were able to get after Beamer and the Gamecocks and, and Rattler, excuse me. Um, Leggett has been a pl- like a pleasant surprise. And it feels like every year there's some South Carolina receiver that's just an ass kicker. I, I mean, he- he's a bona fide badass. There's no other way around it. I thought after uh, Juice went down, uh, that 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 was gonna be all she wrote. You know, Rattler is playing much better than I ever anticipated. Um he has thrived uh with Dow Hawkins, but I just I didn't know who he was gonna throw the football to, right? Like there- there's there's there was a, there was a weapons problem, but I think with the get uh, coming along here and in really a, a lot of South Carolina, the reason where they are is where they are. is because of the schedule. A lot of the teams that you'd want to play on the road, you're getting at home and you're getting to kind of shell them. Right. And that's where Rattlers really been able to put up some exceptional numbers against bad teams at home. Now they've got, uh, this is uh, their, their toughest game at home to date so far. So I'm fascinated how that will work. And, in the part that, in this matchup, really, I, I can't, you know, it, it just adds a lot of variance to it, right? It's because South Carolina hasn't really been able to protect Rattler, uh, you know, against anybody. But Kentucky hasn't really been able to get after anybody. Now, if if he wants to scramble around, they might do a decent job of just keeping him in there and making him throw the football. Uh but Alabama had I, I think the third most sacks allowed in power five football last week. And Kentucky didn't sack Jalen Milrow one time, right? I mean, they might get some pressure on him. Deion Walker provides a great interior push, but the edges haven't been what they thought we were go- they were going to be. Um they haven't been getting home. And then the linebackers have been relatively inconsistent as well. So if Rattler has any sort of time whatsoever, they're gonna Kentucky's gonna have some coverage busts, and you're gonna have guys just running down the field wide open. And um, that's going to happen in this game. And so I I what I want to know is like it, it it feels kind of like a race to 30. And does Kentucky have enough offensive firepower to get to 30, uh, to be able to keep up? Because I I think South Carolina is going to be able to score. This Kentucky defense, uh, they've been able to stop the run. South Carolina, they they don't even need a trap. We know they can't run the football, right? Like that's just it's not gonna be a thing. I know they've been able to get some more as of late. So how 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 much is rattler going to pick them apart i I, i'm worried it's going to be quite a bit i haven't seen a number for passing yards but if you're the gambling type maybe you might want to take a hard look at the over on spencer rattler passing yards for saturday night
0: nick that's a great segue and where i wanted to go next because i was going to say with all due respect the kentucky defense I, i think this is going to be a higher scoring game speaking of the gambling side of things 54 and a half is the total in Vegas. I, I love the over there. I think it opened at 50. Yeah. So it's already shot up almost yeah. points. Um, that's right. Like, I think this is going to be somewhat of a shootout. Like you mentioned, like I, I think the winner of this game is going to have to score 30 plus points. I'm looking at like a 34 to 31, maybe 38, 35 game. I mean, do, yeah. you, do you feel, so you feel that as well. You said, I, well? I just don't see, like I look at both defenses and I'm obviously extremely concerned about South Carolina and, Slowing down Ray Davis. And I mean, the Gamecocks just have a way of, you know, Devin Leary, he's been okay this year, but he'll have his banner day against the Gamecock people. <laughs> you know, Varian Brown or Dane Key, whoever it is. And then the Kentucky defense, again, you talked about the back end, the pass defense can't, you know, haven't rushed the quarterback effectively. And I mean, Spencer Rattler has shown it. If, if he gets time, I mean, it gets to a point for me where if I see Spencer Rattler set his feet and make a throw, in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's a completion. Because more mm-hmm. often than not, it has been this year. So, would right. you be expecting? Are you expecting a high-scoring game as well, or do you see a little bit lower scoring? Or
2: yeah, and and that's the the genesis of it all because there's been such a Kentucky secondaries had such a rotating door this year. You you went in feeling pretty good about the play of the safety uh, towards the back end of the season, but you've had injuries. You've had a lot of inconsistencies. Um, I, I will say the one thing the the only thing that would Hell, it, sometimes it can be good for an over if they they turn it over on the right side of the field. Kentucky's defense does a good job of taking the ball away, right? So uh, that 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 could be the X factor in all of this. Who takes care of the ball better? Um, and I, that that can be such a lame cop out for people in our business when the turnover battle. But in, in a way, I- the
0: Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed the way that
2: Kentucky's defense has been so inefficient uh, over the last five weeks I know that, that there's a hard line if you're a top 25 defense or excuse me if you're a top 25 offense and SP plus you score uh on average 42 points per game against this Kentucky team uh South Carolina's 30. So is it, is the hard line 25 or is it 30? I, I think they're going to score a lot. That rotating cast of characters on the defense, they've been banged up. They were out of starting cornerback last week. Another safety's banged up. Like how, how many guys are going to play that have played significant time this year? Are those guys able to cover anybody? So I, I do, I'm with you. I, I would lean over here uh, for a high scoring game. And in really the, I think the other issue I have to get back a couple minutes ago is I, I kind of trust it isn't this year. It's a Shane Beamer in November has a little bit of juice, a little, there's something about him in November that he gets his teams to rally. And I don't know. I don't know what the the morale of this Kentucky team is. And I I don't know how they're going to respond if they get punched in the mouth, because so far this season, it, it, it hasn't been great. So I, of Kentucky's final two games, I'm surprisingly more confident against them, uh, against the top ten team than against South Carolina and Shane Beamer.
0: Nick, that's a great point you bring up because I've heard many others talk about that as well about motivation factors this time of year. And you've got a South Carolina team that, despite being four and six, is kind of rallying around. Hey, we can get to six, get to a bowl game, get you know a bunch of young guys that want to play in a bowl game for the first time or what have you. So there's that excitement and energy and. And on the Kentucky side, you've already gotten to six wins. You know you're going to a bowl. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's not quite as much excitement and motivation. Like the major goals, the big goals that were out there for Kentucky in the preseason are no longer there, although I'd argue, I mean, finishing with two straight wins and and getting to eight wins would be a a solid season You know, when you take everything into account. I mean, do, do you worry about the motivation factor and like the excitement to play and that they'll be able to match South Carolina in that respect? So
2: I I would if it was a different opponent, but that video of Shane Beamer putting the sunglasses on a Kroger field, I can guarantee you that that is getting played over at the facility. I would hope that it's on a loop, right? They have all the different screens around the building. They're probably, I'm going over there later this evening, I'm probably going to be seeing uh, it, it. you know, trying to trying to peek around the corner and see if they've got any of the highlights from last year's game because so much of Stoops' success was built on beating Vanderbilt and the two Columbia schools. And the record hasn't been very good against. They've they've lost three in a row to those, right? Or, and there's a Vanderbilt win sprinkled in there, but they, they've lost to those as of late. So I, I, I would hope that there's a little bit of motivation there. Um, I know Mark Stoops. He he. This game means a little bit more to him. It did during the Will Muschamp era because I, I think there was a little bit of, hey, what, why does everybody think this guy's God's gift to being a defense coordinator? My defenses were just as good at Florida State. Why, why does he get put up on a pedestal? So I, I think Mark Stoops really was uh, animated again that Mississippi State game. It felt like he was trying to will his team out to to to, to put out their best performance. Uh, he he, I think he's going to do it again. I don't know if it's enough, but I I think you will at least see them ready for for a dogfight down there, Williams Bryce.
0: To your point, Nick, earlier in the show, I saw the comments that Mark Stoops made about he was asked about the relationship between he and Beamer. Is there any animosity? You're not buying any of that, right? Like that, those two guys hate no. each other. There, there's there's one hundred percent they loathe each other yeah yeah oh,
2: there's very much and it's it's funny coming from a stoops but i'm sure stoops thinks of him as a silver spoon kid but you know mark's last name is stoops right so um <laughs> but but it's they go about their business in completely opposite different ways the one thing i will at least appreciate about beamer um stoops acts like he doesn't read any of this all of these coaches read all of it right like shane and mark are watching this right now uh, hi guys hey, you you i At least Shane will acknowledge that he does read his press clippings, right? Whereas Stoops Stoops yesterday is just, I I don't read my phone. I don't know where you would get that from. Dude, you had to go into a press conference and clarify that you weren't talking about Shane Beamer when you were talking about wearing stupid sunglasses. He brought the stupid sunglasses at Kroger Field and celebrated all over your face last year. I think he's going to take that personally. How much does the rest of the team, right? How much pride do they show and how much do they respond? When Rattler goes up and drops a bomb on him, I mean, that that big play is going to happen. Are they still chomping at the bit to get back at him, or are they going to fall flat on their face in, in a raucous atmosphere?
0: Nick, what I think makes this series or one of the things that makes this series really fun is this is a series where both fan bases of each respective team, they look at this game every year and say, we should win that game. Yes, oh, look at yes. that. That's when you know that that's when you start talking about rivalry, like that's when it becomes mm-hmm. really fun. Kentucky fans think they should beat South Carolina on a yearly basis. Gamecock fans, as I'm sure they let you know over the summer, think they should beat Kentucky on a yearly basis. So I ask you this, what is the confidence level of Big Blue Nation entering this football game?
2: Ooh, oh. It's, it's not great um, checking the, the boards. Because uh, I, right I
0: would imagine Kentucky fans did have this chalked up as a W in the preseason, correct? Correct, that correct. Most of them. And, and a lot of it is just more on the
2: way that Kentucky's lost this year is very anti-Stoops-like. You know, when in doubt, they were going to kick your ass up front, beat you up. They might lose because they weren't as explosive. But the way Kentucky's lost – we got so used to going down in a familiar fashion that now that things are a little different, you're, you're worried that, Oh gosh, is he, is he lost the teams? He lost the program, but I would still think that it's about a five and a half, six, you know, where, Hey, it's still South Carolina. I know it's a road game and I know we're reeling, but they're four and whatever, four and six, you should go down there and beat this team. Um, Even though, people that have a negative opinion of spencer rattler they aren't looking at his numbers to say they've been good so i i think there's a, a relative amount of confidence um where i've seen it really dip and it's shameful as all the folks are already counting louisville as a loss like come on did they play in the acc we
0: both you and i both know that's not real football they play over there indeed hopefully kentucky and south carolina can show that next weekend when they play their respective rivals exactly um Nick, this is a lot of fun. When when you look at this game, I'm just thinking here, you know, admittedly, I have not locked in, Nick, a prediction yet or anything like that, but yeah, yeah, I look on paper, I'll tell you right now, I think Kentucky, top to bottom, is a better football team than South Carolina, still right now. Even though they've lost four of the last five, even the Gamecocks have won two in a row. Granted, it was against Jacksonville State and Vandy, whatever. Yeah. I think Kentucky's a better football team, top to bottom. But you and I both know th- this is when Beamer and company that's, this is when they turn it on, right? We saw it last year against Tennessee and Clemson. We saw it in year one when they beat Florida and Auburn down the stretch. You talked about that night game atmosphere at Williams-Rice Stadium. Darude's going to be there doing a pregame concert and everything. They're pulling out all the stops for Kentucky, right? Um, how, you know, you mentioned the only other raucous atmosphere, truly, that Kentucky's played in. I, I can't really count Starkville as, like, a truly hostile mm-hmm. environment. It was Athens, and Georgia took into to the woodshed. Granted, that's Georgia. But, I mean, right? Do you have any sort of concerns, reservations, what have you, that that environment could throw Kentucky off? Granted, Nick, I will say this to you and Big Blue Nation, South Carolina has lost one SEC home night game in the Shane Beamer era. It was to Kentucky in 2021. So, I mean, the Cats have done it before, right? They've done it yeah. before. So, uh, your well, thoughts on just the overall atmosphere and environment? Hey, first and foremost,
2: it is one of the more underrated, I think, in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, as much as you mm-hmm. m- hate it or love Sandstorm, it, it's cool, you know. I, I don't know what Derood's going to add to it when he shows up and just pushes the button and it plays his music or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the, the folks will be fired up. I uh, Where it really could become an issue, and you saw it a little bit in Mississippi State, is Liam Cohen's up in the booth and he runs this pro-style system and it could operationally getting plays in has been a problem at times. I could see that being the case down here in South Carolina where they have to burn a random timeout, they could come back to bite them, right? Or they had or they get a delay of game or something along those lines where operationally it could be a problem. And I also to the your point about November beamer could see where things get a little hairy in a special teams department I don't know what it is but he's always got some special teams something and in the heat of the moment the line of fire um, especially if this turns into a shootout I could see Kentucky just being so laser focused on keeping up in this shootout that they let some stupid special teams thing happen and right now that their punting game it's been bad Um, they got a decent field goal kicker that they really haven't had to use this year oddly enough it's just go for it or you're out of field goal rate, you know, they haven't used them a ton, but um, the punting game hasn't been great. And also down at Mississippi state, I think the kickoff team tried to get in a fight every single time down the field. So, you know, you could see some sort of dumb penalty, 15 yard penalty. And, and that's where that in the explosive rattler plays, like I, I think are the biggest concerns going into this is special team staff where the, it just tilts so heavily in favor of South Carolina in the special teams department. And then I just, I, I have a lot of confidence that Rattler's going to get explosives. And I don't, I don't know how much I trust Kentucky's offense to be able to keep up with it at this point. I think they can if Ray Davis is rocking and rolling, but that, that just hasn't been the case as of late.
0: jubilation and trash talking for the winner heartache and misery for the loser nick roush that's what awaits the gamecocks and wildcats on saturday nick last thing we get you out of here of course we got to talk basketball man basketball is officially underway on the date in which we're speaking kansas and kentucky doing battle tonight that's a fun one uh Outlook on the Wildcats this year, obviously, it's a really, really big year for John Calipari, and there's some pressure on him to to make a deep postseason run. Do you think they have the team to meet those expectations? Uh, I, they
2: do if they get their their front court in order. Right now, they've got three seven footers sitting on the bench. Um, one of them's from Croatia, who I have very low expectations for, even if he does get eligible. Um, the other two are dealing with foot injuries. Aaron Bradshaw is a projected lottery pick if he gets his affairs in order. Because uh, that's that's really, I mean, they're starting a six foot eight guy who played small forward last year at West Virginia. He's he's playing center right now, but outside of that, I, I think it's it's not necessarily the worst thing at the start of the year because it's forcing Kentucky to play five out with a lot of really talented guards. Because well, let's be real, this is college basketball is a guard already in a game that you can only go as far in the NCAA tournament as your guards will take you, and they have some very talented guards. I mean, as sad as it may be, a lot of a lot of John Calipari is if he's got the best point guard on the floor, he's gonna win. I mean, that that's how it works. And what's what's right now? They've got two ball handlers that I think are two of their best. they would they're two they're better than any point guard he's started since 2020 when they had Emmanuel Quickly, Tyrese Maxey in the same backcourt. So uh, between Robert Dillingham, Reed Shepard, DJ Wagner. What what's nice about him is usually you get these freshmen that come in, uh, John Walls and the Aaron Foxes that really go a million miles an hour and they're running the lane and you just crazy stuff happens right there they're taking bad shots they're forcing stuff. This is such a good passing team um, that they're playing like they're not freshmen right away. Now there are some slow starts there's going to be plenty of that that they have to go through, but the normal bad shot stupid pass just complete doy doy freshman stuff. They aren't having as much of that. And so that's why I think this is looking a lot more like a vintage John Calipari team. Uh, once uh, Edwards gets going, he's projected as the, the the first overall draft pick by a lot of folks. Once he gets going and plays with some physicality inside, he's a six eight guy who can shoot threes, right? Lethe handles the ball well, runs the four. He can be an absolute dog for them. So I, I think ultimately this is the you've got to get right this year, John Calipari. And that means win the SEC tournament, go to a Final Four. Um, I don't know what people are saying if it's short of that, but I also think that's very realistic expectation, particularly winning the SEC tournament. You know, the SEC has gotten a lot deeper, so winning the regular season uh, has become more of a challenge. You're going to go to the road and lose to, you know, Alabama, Arkansas. You can drop one to South Carolina, Florida, you, you know, you name it. I mean, that, that happens in this league now. There's a lot. The, the four has really been raised. But the SEC tournament, when the, the, the best are all together and you need to put your best three or four games together, um, I, I think Kentucky's going to get back into that form this fall if they can get their front court in order.
0: Nick Rausch of Kentucky Sports Radio. Those guys at KSR do a fantastic job covering the Wildcats. Nick, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Let's definitely do this again soon. Maybe we can collab on some basketball stuff. It's crazy to think conference play is its not that far off at a month and, no. and a half talking conference basketball action. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Let's chat again soon.
2: It's been a pleasure. Can't wait to get to Columbia and do some people watching at Pearls. Always a good time. (laughs) Always a good time. Be careful, my friend.
0: I appreciate it.